Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and are glad in it. This is Sunday morning in the Word where we study the Word of God systematically, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to um, launch a teaching that I think is imperative for the body of Christ. It's entitled Rethink Church. And, of course, this is a little more advanced, so I'm not going to overly – it's more commentary um, – but I am going to go at a, a, a at a rather quick pace, so I encourage you to take notes. And those things which you can't get in the notes, I will encourage you also to um, re-listen to this a few times, so that way you can uh, make certain that you're getting the commentary on this particular teaching. Also, um, I want to encourage you. We have a new program or a new. Uh, well, really, we're relaunching a day that we're going to be studying the Word of God again to kind of get through some more um, things. And it's just for the uh, fall-winter season, and that's on Tuesday nights. We're going to pick up our continued teaching on the overcoming way, and we're going to be teaching on overcoming faith, the philosophy of faith, the overcoming way, the philosophy of faith, and you do not. Again, you do not want to miss that teaching. I'm going to be dealing with, um, you know, our theme is the awakening to the era of faith this year um, through through the gospel. But we're going to do this. We're reigning in life as kings in 2016, and we're entering into an era of faith. And so I'm going to announce that um, in this particular teaching. And, of course, in the overcoming, in the overcoming the way, we have overcome the sin, we have overcome the world, but we've done this because we've overcome by faith, and we need to understand faith. So I'm going to be teaching on faith like I've never taught it before. We're going to go very systematically, line upon line. It's going to be a faith class for a season, and I want you to join me on Tuesdays. Um, get your questions in and ask me. And then on Thursdays, we're going to continue our teaching on the Revelator, amen, part two and part three. So I'm excited about that. And then, of course, later this month, um, my lovely wife, the Reverend Mrs. Breland, Selena Olivia, is going to be continuing uh, or or launching her series at the end of the month. So you're in for a treat this month, and I want you to join us. And we know that God is up to some great things. Amen. So um, join us for the word. Now, as we get into the word again, I'm going to need you to take out your notes and use your brains 
But today I think we're going to rediscover the church by rethinking church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I do say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished, and we know things will be accomplished, and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is alone that you get all praise, honor, and glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let me open up with this statement. We house the essence of God with our heart when we purpose to embody the glory of his church. Our nature is transformed to the character and integrity of Christ. Jesus, who paid the ultimate price to total victory. We are renewed in the knowledge of him. Our spirit is awakened and affirmed and advanced to new potentials, promises, precepts, provisions, and plans that are extraordinary. So for the set of lessons that that we are graced with in these Things, we're going to come up with strategies to resolve the advancing of sanctification and this sanctification that we have in Christ as a roadmap to empowerment. And we're going to do that by rethinking church, by rediscovering what it means to be the church. And so you've heard a portion of this teaching that there is a, a sense of, of the church needing to rethink. But it's impossible to rethink if you've never thought. So for some of us listening to this teaching, it will be the first time that we've actually taken time to think about what it means to be the church. And, of course, it is the purpose of this teaching to to awaken passion, to embody, embody the church's convictions with the power of the Holy Spirit and then to spell out systematically a reform to empower the perception within the body of Christ pertaining being the church. And then, of course, we're going to create that roadmap of spiritual renewal in the body of Christ. Now, rethinking is a deliberate engagement of introspection. It's a deliberate engagement of introspection to the effective forces of the church culture by establishing faith by establishing authentic faith in review. Okay, so what do I mean by introspection? Introspection is an observation on one's mental process. You know, the scripture talks about in Romans 1 that that their their minds are seared because they set in their heart to rebel against the things of God. So God could not communicate. He was limited to how he communicated to them because they were seared as a hot iron. But it says, let this mind 
be in you. I'm getting ahead of myself, which is also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form and the fashion of a man. He humbled himself, and therefore God so highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. And it's until we engage into that mental thing, I may just may review that in this teaching. What exactly does that mind mean? Because a lot of times when we talk about, yeah, we have the mind of Christ, what does that mean? Uh, you you know, and, and this engages. This is like a spiritual psychology class almost as it pertains to specifically focusing on the church. You know how when you when you deal with um psychology there's there's several ways you can go about it. You can deal with situational psychology where you deal with how people socially engage and then you focus on conflict resolution or you focus on anger and reaction or action and reaction or you focus on development, cognitive development. Uh, the stages of growth in the mind as as we age in the process of life, from life to death, or you know, so so you can go in a wide range of subjects when it comes to your 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 process of thinking. Um, but in this particular one, we're talking about rethinking, which means two things: you have had to have time, take time. To actually establish, and when we say thinking, we're talking about a set of uh, thoughts that lead, that provoke our convictions to develop our conduct and our character and our consistency. See, a lot of times we don't go, so we're going to the, uh, the, the, uh, the very beginning, the roots of why we are not achieving uh, the expectations of what it means to be the church. And so that is why my motiva- motivation behind this teaching, that God has plans for his church and that when we when we allow the plans of the church to be established, we can, um, we can develop this process through thought. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are what you think. And so we have to let this mind be in us. That means we have to give way for us to think and then rethink. Every once in a while, we have to rethink. And so this particular teaching also is geared toward people that are already involved at the church. And as we unfold the lesson, and the reason why I want to give preface to that is because a lot of times when we're teaching the Word of God, we tend to focus on those who don't understand. This is not that lesson. I am very much so aware that there are people in the body of Christ that understand that they are the church. However, I am challenging you to go back to the drawing board to review what it means to have that understanding and to, and to evaluate if, if you have developed faith, which, is, which, which means faith without works is dead. So that means you have established a set of works that have engaged the co- um, the the concept of faith and it's caused you to live, move, and have your being. Faith is what pleases God. We walk by faith to just live by faith. So our lifestyle, so our lifestyle is affected by what we think about the church. And if it's not, perhaps you need to rethink. And that's what's going on in the body of Christ. We don't have a thinking, a competent, uh, a core of 
of people that are really thriving in it. Because if you think it, you'll be it. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So part of the gift and the grace on me uh, to apostolically speak to the church is empowered by this motivation of of really of really seeing that the church really gets this this particular message. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? And do you know what you can do? So as we go through the scripture, I want you to pay attention to my wording. I was going to start with, um, and I'll end with, the theology of our God-given perspective. We'll, we'll go through that, but I, I knew in the teaching that in order to go through that, I had to answer one question. And that question is, what is the theology by, and, the, and or the idea of the church all about? I have to review that because until we come to a consensus of what the church is all about, then it will, it will I think, empower the rethinking process that I've been uh, challenging the church to do. Now, we're going to go to Second Peter chapter 2, but after Second Peter, we're going to go to three more scriptures that I think are very important, and that is Ephesians chapter 1, Matthew 16, and Romans 12, okay? So I wanted to give you a chance to write those notes down because I'm going to go through there rather quick. We're going to be in Second Peter for a little bit. Then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1, Matthew chapter 16, and Romans chapter 12. Okay, I'm going to give you some notes on that, and then we're going to conclude in the theology of our God-given perspective. And I, I want to go to, I want to first read this, or, not, or go over the definition of the church, and then I want to get um, in those, in those, in those uh, verses that I just gave, and then we're going to end in the five scripture, uh, the five passages. And I'm going to give commentary on that, of course, with some systematic outlines before. All right, so just flow with me today. I'm going to try to uh, go at a, a good pace, but we're going to flow through some scriptures, and and it's important that we go through Second Peter. Now, this is teaching. We're not in church. We're studying the Word of God, and some of you need to listen to the broadcast a little more so you understand this process of studying and take um, note as to how I go to the passages, okay? Uh, and what I'm saying will help shape a study. And I'm not doing this to – I'm just challenging you. The Bible says provoke your brothers unto good work. And we need to challenge one another to do good works, amen? So let's start in Second Peter chapter 2. And we're going to skip around some verses. Let's look at verse 1 through 3, and then we're going to go to verse 5, and then we're going to go to verse 9, okay? But it says, listen. Actually, let's go to 1 Peter. Amen. First Peter. My apologies. Chapter 2. It says, wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies, Okay. 
and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye might grow thereby. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, here's the first challenge of this particular passage. It says, if you, when a person put the word if in verse 3, it said, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, that means if you are a part of the Lord and you're doing all this, you lay aside all malice, guile, hypocrisy, envying, evil speaking. And if you are a child of God, you desire the word of God. Okay? Nobody creates that that for you. You have to create that for yourself. And I wanted to emphasize that. Let's go to verse 5. It says, Ye also are lively stones, are built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, here's a challenge of who we are. This is who we are. And, of course, the scripture says we are a, verse 9 through 17, it says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? Which in time, now I want you to keep reading because we always stop there. And a lot of times. Now, that defines really what the church is. The church is the manifestation of God's intent for humanity. We are a spiritual house, and, and verse 5 defines it first. It says we are a spiritual house, a, a, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. This is all, okay, I'm trying to give you this definition because when we say that we are a holy priesthood, how are we doing this? Why are we doing the church? Ultimately, God has called us to be a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and a royal priesthood. Now, all of them are the same. They're one and the same. We're a generation that has been called out by God how we've been called out through Jesus Christ. Anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. We are saved, and because we are saved, we are chosen. For those whom he did foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what Romans 8, note that down. And for them who he, let's go there. Okay, hallelujah. I didn't, I didn't even have that in my notes, y'all, so y'all know I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost because I didn't give it to you. All right. Um, Romans chapter 8, and I'm giving third man commentary. I told myself I don't do that no more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But let's go to Romans 8 because I think it's good. Hey, praise the Lord. And I tell you, Romans 8 will uh, spark you preaching. But it says, verse 28, says, And we know that all things work together for them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. First, Second Peter chapter 2 reveals the purpose of God for the church, a priesthood to offer up a spiritual house that is built up to offer spiritual sacrifices by Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm, I'm just connecting knowledge here. Now it says, it says, those who are called according to his purpose, okay, 
For those whom he did foreknew, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that they might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, he may quote this all the time. Moreover, whom he did predestinate to them, he also what? Called. Who he called, he what? Justified. He justified us through redemption. And whom he justified, what did he do? He also glorified us. How did he glorify us? With the unfilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, the church is empowered through the reality of the Holy Spirit. How, though? How is the church empowered through the reality of the Holy Spirit? Through the comprehension and the revelation. I'm going to give you the answer. The comprehension and the revelation of the resurrection. It's all possible through the power that raised Jesus from the dead, which dwells also in our mortal bodies, my God. So so let's go back to Second uh, Peter. Because we always stop at, like I said, verse 10, but we need to read the next seven verses as well. And that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me in, in context. We have to keep reading. Sometimes we go through too many changes because we have not fully comprehended the plan that God has for us. Now, he's not only telling us this, but he then tells us, he says, listen, in verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you also as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul, having your conversation. Now, your conversation there means your conduct, your character, your your the way you can um, convey yourself on from day to day. It says having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, those who are without covenant, and that that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which should. Uh, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So God is ready to visit folk through your conduct. Submit yourselves to the ordinances of man for the Lord's sake. That means obey the law, whether it be to the king that's supreme or unto governors or unto them that are sent by the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that ye do well, putting to silence the ignorance of foolish men, and as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Amen. So, so we have a responsibility to convey the, the, the characteristics of God through our actions. It says, servants, be subject to your man. And, we, and we, it could go on, and, and, and it goes on to that. But the body of Christ has a specific call as this, as, this, as this people. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. And we are rediscovering, in this first lesson, we're rediscovering what the church is. What the church is, and of course, you know the the, the Greek def, definition of not that we got to speak Greek in order for you to understand. It means ecclesia called out or a group of people that are chosen, chosen people. We are chosen of God. Hallelujah! And so Ephesians chapter one is the next passage that we're going to. Amen. And 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 we we read so many scriptures. Not only are we chosen, I'm just using that as a coin phrase, but we have we have been exposed by God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
we have been exposed by God. Let's start it uh, really in context. We got to read verses 17. Our key is 22 through 23, but let's start at 17. As the church, the prayer for, from apostolic authorities, Paul writing this, saying that the God of our Father, of the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that is revelation knowledge. That's where I get the concept, the revelator. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a specific knowledge after God that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that's why we need to rethink what is our understanding, the way we think, being enlightened, that she might know the hope of what? His calling, know what you have, know who you are, know what you can do. To the riches of the glory of his inheritance, not on the saints, not for the saints, but in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, keep reading, according to his mighty power, which he wrought or developed in Christ, when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name which is named, not only in this world, but that which is also to come. And they put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The church is the manifestation of the intent of, God, of God's intent for humanity as a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a chosen generation, who in this text have been given the power by the enlightenment of the mind, by the revelation of the, uh, the eternal riches of his power, we have been able to fill all within all because he has endowed within us. He has housed himself within us. Glory to God. Do y'all hear? He said he has put all things under his, and he, he became the head to all things to the church. He said, listen, this is the greatness, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We are an empowered people. We can only be the church because we have the power of God to, that enables us to be the church through his son, Jesus Christ, who's the head of all things that filleth all in all. And if you don't get this, that you, it's in Christ that we move, live, and have our being, and that God has 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 foreordained that we that we be filled with revelation knowledge, that we be enlightened by the power of God through His mighty power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Remember, I told you, I just said it that that is realized. It is realized when we understand His resurrection. That power is realized. It says the greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Now, if we don't have this understanding, we, we really lack this concept 
of him being the head over all things pertaining to the church. So we find out that Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. We are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a chosen generation. And and this is all based on the revelation of who Jesus is. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19. Glory to God. I know by the Holy Ghost that people that will listen to this will have an appreciation for who they are as the church, as the church. And this is where the the discussion comes up with Peter and, and the disciples. Who do men say that I am? You get what I'm saying? Which which has been the, the theme of Rethink Church. Is it not until revelation becomes a catalyst, or when I say a catalyst, a spark of change to embody and provoke moving, a moving force, an action, a resolve, a resilience among the body of Christ. Is it not until we say, because we bear the name, that we get up and rise and become the church, that until we embody that revelation, We'll never be this power entity that is set to transform the world to God's intent. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, and I'll just summarize 13 through 19, 17 through 23 in context. You, um, uh, upon the revelation, I will build my church. Who do men? Who do you say that I am? Who do men say that I am? Peter was the only one to speak of, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is that acknowledgement of who Jesus is, recognizing his authority, his submission to God. I, I only do what my father do, does. I only say what my father says. Jesus' complete submission to the will and the intent of father, even to death on the cross, gives us the perspective that it takes to jump off and be the church. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's not until that we connect to that revelation, that revelation is the revelation that imparts the power and the knowledge. You see what Jesus do, and you do what he did. You love what he loves, you hate what he hates, and you live like he lives. Do you get what I'm saying? And then, of course, Romans chapter 12. Now, these are the foundation scriptures of the Rethink Church series. And, you know, this is the second division. We talked about perception to power before, or, uh, before, but in this one we're rediscovering in this particular lesson what it means to be the church because you can't rethink church if you've never thought church. And if you don't have a definition of what the church is, according to the scripture, how can you convey and confidently uh, uh, contribute to what it means to be the church. And you got a lot of people that say because they go to a building that they're the church. And, and they you they would not take you to Second Peter chapter 2, which says that you're a spiritual house built on as a spiritual priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord by Jesus Christ. They won't take you to Matthew where 16, where you have to have a revelation of who Jesus is in order to be the church. 
and, and so that the authorities of darkness won't prevail against it and the keys of the kingdom can be entrusted to those people with that revelation. Or they won't take you to Ephesians chapter 1, which says that Jesus is the head. He's been given preeminence by the power of God, the same resurrection power through the enlightenment of our understanding that awakens us to embody these, these inheritances by faith. And, of course, you can go to chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, and see why I say faith. And then in Romans chapter 12, of course, now, here's where rethinking comes in at the core. And, of course, we've, we've, we've said it all the time, no longer conform to the ways of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we stop there. That ye might prove what is his good and perfect will. You know, prove. Now, the only reason why you're proving it is because you've been set to comply to it. And and then it awakens what the actual content of the of the chapter is all about. Renewal of of the mind is only set for those who will embody the intents of God's heart. And and what's going on in the church is we got people that are saying, yeah, they're no longer conforming to the world, but they're not they're not conforming to the intent behind why God told you to transform. Why did he tell you to transform? And that's what's answered in verses 3 through 18. But if you stop at verse 3, you'll never understand what it means to be renewed in your mind. What are you transforming to? And so the ideas behind being the church are much stronger. That's why I took you to... Uh, for, uh, Second Peter, and you got to read the entire chapter up, up, about how how any time you say that you represent the body, you got to take on all of the aspects of it, meaning that you got to abstain the the ideas and the agendas behind your steadfastness have to be absolute in your soul, and there are some clear cut indications that you can apply to God's will and God's intent as the church. And that's why you can go to a place where there are a lot of people that gather, but they're not the church. Many are in the congregation, but few are in the church. Because the church has more than just appearing to be saved. There's more to it. We embody the intent behind God's heart. And that's what Jesus did. When they say, let this mind be in you, he had a God conscious that was so connected with God that he operated as God on the earth. He had the willingness to serve as the example to the point that he complied to the directives of God to death. He had a character of humility because he made himself of no reputation, taking on service because there's an advantage to serving the Lord. The Bible says if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. See, see this, is, this is what's not being taught. We're glossing over the church, and I'm almost out of time, and I didn't get to my second division yet.
But I, I got a few minutes. I got ten minutes. Let's go to Romans chapter twelve. I can I can get lost in that. Romans chapter twelve, and I, I want to read verses three. Start at verse three. It says this. Now he he is another unit. We are the body of Christ. Now the the, the church considers itself to be the bride of Christ because of the covenant aspect. The bride is not necessarily that Jesus is sexually married to the church because we've got a lot of sexual perverts preaching that um, we are the bride of Christ and they have distorted the intent behind that. The only reason why the church is described or depicted as a bride is for the conscience of covenant. The Hebrew people were conscious of the work culturally aware of the significance of, of of the bride and the bridegroom. And so it was often seen as Christ preserved, as you preserve your wife or as you protect and honor and covenant with your wife, so is Christ to the church and vice versa. If Christ died for his church and preserved and protected his uh, protected his church, so should you do likewise to your wife. So often in the scripture, it's connota- uh, um, the connotation or it is captured, captured in the context of a wife and a husband for the sake of you understanding the bond of covenant. It doesn't mean that we just, you know, making love to Jesus, you know, all the little nasty stuff that people kiss him with your praise. No, you, you don't kiss Jesus with your praise. This is not a sexuality thing. Let's get our sexual context out of it and start thinking like the church. Because there's a demonic spirit out there that's perverting the gospel. You know, and that's one of the reasons why we, you know, some of us uh, that are a little more word-driven don't go by that connotation of the bride of Christ. But more importantly, we are the body of Christ. You know, we are the body being diverse. We are one in one body. And this is where that concept is introduced in in verses 3 through 18. All right. Now it says, for I say through the grace given me, um, grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself. See, you you see how the concept of rethinking when it comes to the church, and I'm going to prove this in the scripture, always starts with a humility an act of humility. We got to kill this self-absorbed, narcissistic society that is me, 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 me. I was listening to worship the other day. We were at a, and 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 what people do, especially praise and worship leaders, their error is to try to see. We used to sing when we were in the old school church. Forget about yourself and concentrate on Him. And the closer you got into worship, the less and less of you you saw, and the more and more of Him you saw. To where you want to focus on your your, your your ordeal, you want to focus on God reaching out to you. You were saying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You got lost so much in worship that God could really minister to you because you weren't thinking about you. But now we say, fill me up till I overflow. It's not about you. No, you need to be emptied of yourself. You need to be emptied of your sin. You need to be humble before the Lord. We have we have recreated a, a counterfeit church, and the mentality says I make myself of no reputation. Amen. I, I'm just saying that it's impossible to think as the church. If it's possible to rethink as the church, if you never thought, what does it mean to be the church? 
Are you really the giving, giving up your identity to live as Christ, to die as gain? Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus lost his identity in God to be found worthy of the things of God. Are you willing to lose your identity in God to be found worthy in the things of God, to be entrusted as the people of God? See, the church is the people of God with the plan of God, who possess the promises of God by the power of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you get my point? And it's not until we get this, and I got to read this. I got to read this for for integrity's sake, so you know what I'm talking about. It says, "He said, don't think more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith." Now, this is talking about the church because it goes on in verse four: "For as we have many members in one body." All members have not the same office, so being many are one in one body in Christ, and every one every one members of one another, having gifts according uh, diff, uh, gifts differing according to the grace which is giving us, whether it be prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let him wait on his ministering or teacheth, uh, or he that teacheth teaching. Or he that exhorteth, exhortation, he that giveth, let him give, um, um, let it do it with simplicity. And he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love. Now listen, do you see how it goes from the measure of faith to the body of Christ to love? Let love be without dis- disillumination. You know what that means? Hypocrisy. That means let this is what love is all about. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not have, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the act. That is the act of the church. Okay, the intent behind God's passion is to produce His love. All but that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. And we're going to be talking about brotherly love later next month. Honoring and preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, um, in patience, um, um, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessities of the saints, giving to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, um, bless them and curse not, rejoice with them that rejoice, weep with them that weep, be of the same mind, one toward one uh, one toward another, mind not high things. It goes back to the mentality. It goes back to rethinking because you are the church. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide those things which are honest in the sight of um, which are honest in the sight of all men. If at possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. And, and it tells you not to avenge yourself because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hungry, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing thou shalt heap the fire, coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Why? Because the intent behind the church is to manifest God's intent for humanity. And it's impossible to be the church and have the mentality of the church and not produce its effects. And its effects is to display God's nature to, to the generation that doesn't have it. Do you see what I'm saying? So in Ephesians chapter 1, 
Matthew 16, Romans 12, they identify, and 2 Peter chapter 2, they identify the people of God with the plan of God who possess the promises of God by the power of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't do it. Uh, we are adopted as the family of God through redemption. That's, I would have to teach a whole year on redemption, which I may do in the future, but um, uh, to really get that concept. But that means Jesus purchased us by right, purchased right the act of salvation so that we can be justified and then be glorified. But we are glorified through the reality of his resurrection. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus in the dead quickens our mortal body. It makes us alive. We are empowered by the reality of his resurrection. Amen. And so with that being, when we reflect this thinking as the church, a culture is sparked. A culture is sparked through the commission of Christ. Matthew 28, 16-20. It's marks, um, the marks of his interpretations are also found in Mark 16, 14-18. It's a call to greater living, to conform to the kingdom and the conversion of hearts. And then it's a call to church leadership, which is to challenge them to raise standards that exemplify God's conduct, Matthew 16, 18, to be challenged to review our methodologies and to be challenged to renew consecration before the Lord through humility. And then also it is a conversion concept through discipleship and doctrine. What do we mean? If you continue in my word, then you 